Hey, thanks for tuning in the podcast. My name is Stephen Beckman. This is the COINTELPRO 2.0 podcast. COINTELPRO 2.0 is a sister project of the Mesh News Project. I am the CEN of the Mesh News Project as well as um, running the COINTELPRO 2.0 project. Uh, I've been the CEN, the Chief Executive Nobody of the Mesh News Project since 2017. And the Mesh News Project was started in response to having a complete media blockade for trying to blow the whistle on some crazy shit that was happening down here in San Diego, as well as to um, talk about what actually caused it. Yeah, there's all sorts of things you learn about when you try to, when you find out you know about something you shouldn't have known about, you shouldn't know about. They're, um, you know, usually it's kind of too late if you don't even realize, you know what I'm saying? Most people, when they leak or blow a whistle or something, they know what's going on. I didn't even know what I said was legit until I opened my mouth about it. And then, you know, fucking literally within, by the morning time, my life completely changed for the foreseeable future. Anyways, um... So I made this movie 2000, uh, 2030 Vision, and we're going to talk about Act 4 of 2030 Vision. Act 4 called this uh, CBDC, as in you can see things with your eyes. Um, you know, some people were questioning me about uh, China and you know, lab leak and it being on purpose, etc. Man, you need to really watch the news, what happens. Let me pull up this other... Let me see here, bookmarks. You know, even after China said, hey, we know that you guys are fucking starting this shit down here in um, Hong Kong, we're telling you the UK and the United States, CIA, so basically MI6 and, and and CIA... We're stirring the pot. Okay, moving forward. How silly was that? I had to go to Reuters. You should go to Reuters anyway. Reuters is uh, Reuters, AP, etc. If you just want news without like a bias, they just report news. That's all they do. They just report. If it happened, they would say what happened. They don't tell you how to think about it or whatever. Them, AP News is really good for that. Um, PBS NewsHour has a great like, just report the news sort of thing. But, uh, here, here's from Reuters. This is from 2019. President Donald uh, Reuters. The the story is... It's from Reuters.com. And China vows retaliation after Trump ends preferential status for Hong Kong. They vow retaliation. President Donald Trump on Tuesday ordered an end to Hong Kong's special status under U.S. law to punish China for what he called oppressive actions against the former British colony, prompting Beijing to warn of retaliation sanctions. Citing China's decision to enact a new national security law for Hong Kong, Trump signed an executive order that he would end preferential economic treatment for the city. No special privileges, no special economic treatment, no export of sensitive technologies. Acting on Tuesday's deadline, he also signed a bill approved by the U.S. Congress to penalize banks doing business with Chinese officials to implement new security law. So, we went over there, and we 
just like China says, we poured gasoline on a fire because, you know, they're our rival. But it's kind of like a proxy war. The same thing with a proxy war. You know how we are um, feeding Ukraine arms so they can fight our enemy. Um, and, you know what I'm saying? Like the uh, military-industrial complex just absolutely jumped on the opportunity to fucking use this as another means to sell arms and whatever, right? But that's what our, that's what we do to our enemies. If we see our enemies are fighting somebody, we go and we arm those people. And if Kong, if China is our rival, we're going to go down there and then teach these protesters how to, how to keep fucking them up. It's just what we do. But, you mean, then on top of the fact that we went over there and kind of swung our dick around and poured gasoline on fire and taught all these Hong Kong students and young people how to fight their government and prolong those riots, which lasted forever. Um, You know, then they enacted that bill on top of that. I mean, you really, I mean, I have a, you know, I have a lot of people that I respect who believe that we kept poking the bear on Russia to invade Ukraine, right? I don't believe that because I see what he did uh, to Crimea, where he just took it back in 2008, as kind of like he just likes take he just likes to take land. But I mean, there's lots of people who I respect, um, whose shows I respect, etc., who think that you know we antagonized Russia into action. And, you know, I've had some people already comment, I've had some people already comment on um, me talking about how coronavirus was basically us antagonizing China into action, but it got out of hand. I'm just curious because I've, I've seen what you guys are saying on all these other platforms uh, in the comments and stuff like that. Um, well, I mean, and I know there's quite a few people who hit me up on... Twitter who kind of make fun of my Ukrainian flag and because they believe that narrative and those people are Americans um, and I res- there's quite a few people I follow on news etc who believe that um, I don't necessarily believe it but they believe that so I'm just and I know there are quite a few people in this podcast who, who hear that and believe that and it's like well if you can believe that the United States would poke Russia into acting why don't you believe China, uh, the United States can poke China into acting? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand how, you know what I'm saying? The, how you're having such a, you know, hard time understanding that even though, you know, I've showed all the receipts in the movie that, you know, we were funding gain of function research, but our bridge to them, uh, bridge bridge to gain of function research in the Wuhan lab was just a translator. And we just had to trust he knew the science that was going on and he trusted that literally people who were of the Chinese military were not going to just fucking lie to him. Um, There's just, yeah, it's just so much of a lineup. Anyways, long story longer. If you're going to believe that we pissed off Russia to a point of action, I don't understand where we pissed off China to a point of action. They literally called us out. There's that. There's the fucking, what do you call it? Ambassador to China in the UK 
things. Do not pour oil on this fire. Like, he was literally calling us, uh, United States and UK intelligence agencies, out publicly. Do you understand how, how bad she has to get where a, where a country would completely lose its decorum to the fact where they told us to fuck off publicly? If, you know, like, if your enemy's fucking you up, at least on the world stage, part of statecraft is to act like you're not getting fucked with. Do you know what I'm saying? You want to act like it doesn't bother you. Because you don't want to show weakness. But for that big of a country to do that, you really have to understand. They really felt like they were put in a corner. How statecraft works is not how, like, your understanding of high school drama or a fight in the playground after school, whatever, works. Um, countries are long-held establishment, you know, long-held, you know, establishments and, um, it's rare for them to lose decorum like that, especially something as big as China. Anyways, I just wanted to mention that, but also to understand that after we went over there and literally China told us, told, uh, called us out, you can see it in the movie, uh, then we then passed the law on top of that. So, I mean, we just kind of have a, a, a habit of poking you know, poking motherfuckers because, you know what I'm saying, we like to see them bleed. We like to see, you know, our our, our um, enemies fall just because, you know, self-preservation. Um, there was quite a bit of, there was quite a bit of talks going around that Russia might have been the same way that Russia was conducting operations during the election. And, uh, that they were like, you know, I've even, I mean, even on the Rogan show, he, he, the, he even talks about, he brings up the same example quite a bit about, um, how Russia was fueling the flames of two separate, um, activist groups and then planned a rally for both groups on opposite sides of the street on the same day. Like supposedly those same kind of tactics were being employed, employed to, push the trucking crisis. Do you know what I'm saying? The, uh, the trucker, where the trucker um, blockade was happening between the United States on that bridge, between the United States and Canada, and then all and then all those truckers had to were, were holding up shop, etc. over there. Well, from what I'm understanding, is a lot of that was instigated by, by a lot of uh, Russian operatives. Which is why I think our country went to such desperate measures as to cut off accounts, etc., which is something they shouldn't have done, but, you know, that's our, that's our shipping infrastructure, etc., but I think they were showing us that we are weak in these ways. Anyways, so, yeah, take that as it may, but I've been seeing you guys' comments, and, you know, I love the feedback, like, this is awesome, I love the feedback. I just drink from the fire hose every day, and you know what I'm saying? You start to understand how things work. You get the heuristics for a lot of these things. And then some story and a lot of stories that get reported in the US news um don't get reported in other countries and then vice versa. And so you have to have if you actually want to get a full 360 on things, you're gonna to have to get your your news from all sorts of different sources. You're gonna to have to look at patterns of behavior of those countries, what have they been known to do. I mean, you just really have to understand how how much how much China doesn't doesn't give a fuck when they make moves. I mean, for the fact that 
we're now finding out that they have all these secret police stations in all these European and uh, and and countries and United States and Canada and stuff like that. They just did that. They didn't bother to ask us or. Can you imagine if we did that in China? Can you just imagine we had a bunch of secret little bases inside their country? Like, dude, they would just disappear, those people, and they would die. So you need to really understand when China makes moves, like, they don't give a fuck. They just, yeah. Anyways, I want to talk about, and I want to, yeah, I want to talk about this next part of the 2030 Vision movie called CBDC, where we talk about. Um, central bank digital currencies, state of the economy, etc. And let's just go ahead and go through it together uh, like we did the last podcast. I seem to get more response from that when I do kind of a um, a stop and play commentary than if I just start going down bullet points. So yeah, let's do that. So here is Act 4 CBDC as an S-E-E-E. They don't like what impoverished. That are specifically. in the global monetary system that may affect the international role of the dollar in the future. Most major economies already have or are in the process of developing instant 24-7 payments. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stable coins, we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon what is an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. As our white paper on this topic notes, a U.S. CBDC could also potentially help maintain the dollar's international standing. A form of money you cannot see. Central bank digital currency. Currently, regular bank deposits, cash, and cryptocurrencies issued by the private sector, such as DM and Bitcoin, all have a few features that make them useful. But the hope is that publicly available CBDCs would have all these desirable characteristics. Unlike your savings in a commercial bank, which rely on the bank's promise to fulfill, CBDCs are recognized by law and backed by the power of the central bank, which cannot go bankrupt. For example, if a commercial bank collapses, part of your savings could potentially be wiped out. But this wouldn't be the case for CBDCs, which could be as trusted as cash, as convenient as a payment app, yet also benefit from the same blockchain technology which underpins cryptocurrencies. And, just like cash, CBDCs could be distributed through commercial banks, avoiding too much disruption to the financial system, or the central bank having to deal directly with many millions of citizens and businesses. What they want to do is bring in... So we got off there right off the bat. We got um, we 
We got Tucker Carlson. He was actually did a thing on CBDCs, and even I took that quote from him there again because, believe it or not, um, I had a, another account, another Twitter account with the very first person to introduce that idea of how CBDCs can be used for evil, and um, it's this lady, uh, this lady in the financial sector of Britain, and she was on this independent podcast, and she was kind of explaining all this, but unfortunately, my account got nuked, um, so, you know, then I lost all my bookmarks, so what are you going to do? But thank God I, I found uh, Tucker Carlson, said the idea, and essentially, that's going to be true with CBDCs. Um, then I go into Jerome Powell, and him introduced, Jerome Powell introduced the idea that we need a faster payment system it's, you know, on the, you know, a uh, fast international payments for all sorts of things in the economy. And um, that's initially now going to be their on paper excuse for introducing a central bank digital currency. It's going to be curious how they're going to try to, in, how they're going to try to um, implement this. They, you know, right now the Fed is saying that they need to introduce CBDCs because it needs faster payment, right? And we are lagging behind the rest of the world. Other countries have central bank digital currencies. So that's their pseudo reason. But I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just curious on how they're going to get the mass adoption to happen. I mean, could they have it where they, you know, if you want to get your tax return, you have to sign up for a CBDC account? I bet you it's going to be something like that, some shit like that. And then after like a couple of tax... Um, a couple of tax seasons, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. After a couple of tax seasons, everyone's just going to have it. And since we have it and it's going to be attached to like our social security department or whatever, then I don't know, like our company's going to start at, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how they offer, um, you know, oh, if you do paperless billing or whatever, you get a 10% discount every month. You know what I'm saying? How they do some shit like that. And then, you know, will 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 banks and your credit card and whatever say well if you link this to your your central bank account um we'll offer you discounts on whatever you know what i'm saying you know if you get this credit card with this offer or whatever if you link it to your account then you get all the miles or whatever you know what i'm saying like i'm just curious how they're going to try to implement this um because we will be pacified you know, into, into doing this one way or another, they've been trying to get rid of money forever. I mean, I remember back in 2018, I was watching this symposium lecture from the head of the, um, the CEO of bank of America. And he's talking about how He's hoping in the next five years or so like that, all their transactions will be digital and they won't have to actually touch money. That was like back in 2017, 2019. Before even that, there was the argument being proposed at um, a way back um, World Economic Forum that they were their excuse was that money is too expensive to print, and that you know what I'm saying it'll it'll you know it's it's a it's a it's a high labor kind of added cost to a state and it's expensive and it pollutes the environment and they're just all these other bullshit. So they've been trying to get rid of money 
for a while. And they've been trying different excuses, kind of like how they're trying different ways to introduce us to eating the bugs, you know? You know, like, because believe it or not, in parts of Africa and other third world countries, like, they eat bugs, like, it's, you know what I'm saying, going out of style, like, they, they enjoy that shit. And, um, I just wonder, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, because they're trying every sense which way to try to get us to eat crickets and all sorts of things. Um, eventually they'll, you know, crack the code somehow, and I'm wondering how are they going to crack the code on this central bank digital currency? But the Fed coin is now a reality. And believe it or not, if you watched the last 2030 vision, we absolutely um, predicted this ahead of time and how they were going to do it. We were absolutely correct. I used, because um, even in this movie, I used this uh, meme format where you put the logos over a scene to show the heuristics of what happened. You know what I'm saying? What was what was the essential pattern of it? And, I, and a lot of people do it too. Where um, even in this newest movie, newest 2030 vision, Corporate Coup, I do the Jamie Foxx um, Ray uh, scene where he finds out he was getting he was getting fucked over. But I did it in the last 2030 vision, 2030 vision year one, uh, where I uh, I superimposed Bitcoin over uh, Fed coin, which is basically the United States central bank digital currency. And I predicted this a year ago. This is how they were going to do it. And I was absolutely right. But I used this meme format of, you know, hello, McFly, blah, 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 do my homework, etc. Basically, the Fed coin is going to make Bitcoin do all the heavy lifting, introduce the introduce the world to um, blockchain um, digital currency and and and, dig, and digital currency concept. Right. Have associated with freedom, etc. Then they were going to, you know, what I'm saying take all the rewards from it and, you know, what I'm saying tank the market. And sure enough, I was fucking right. Fucking right. Fucking A. But I just use that meme format ex- instead to kind of explain it. And because I can't, well, because I'm making myself not narrate over these movies, um, because I do think that adds an extra layer. Go back and watch literally any other documentary. It's somebody talking over it, telling you what to think about what you're seeing. And that's something I don't want to do. And uh, You know what I'm saying? I know this seems like I'm beating a dead horse. Keep repeating this, but... If I tell you how to think about something, then you're not seeing for yourself. And I don't need... And if someone needs to tell you how to think about something, um, you know what I'm saying? That it, It's almost like offensive. Like, do I think you're... You know what I'm saying? Do I think you're stupid? Um, and if I tell you how to think or how to respond or how to react to someone saying the opposite of something, you know, what is what is that saying? What does that mean? What is that... What am I saying by, by telling other people what to think about something else? So it's incredibly difficult for me, but, you know, sure enough, though, uh, in our last movie, we predicted that's what was going to happen. And sure enough, Bitcoin is fucking tanking and now central bank digital currencies are a reality. And that's exactly what they did. They let everyone um, do all the marketing for a digital currency and, you know, what I'm saying hype it up. And when people hear digital currencies or whatever, they think freedom and security, etc. Well, now that's tanking. Um, the Fed coin is going to come in and kind of take all that. It's going to like ride the coattails and take up all the hype. So, you know, 
Bitcoin does all the heavy lifting of introducing people to the concept of something. And then essentially they're going to take it over. I wonder how the adoption is going to be. I think it's going to be some sort of strong arm. Like, well, if you want to get your your STEMI check or if you want to get your your IRS refund or whatever, you're going to have to sign up for a, a central bank account or something. It's going to be attached to your social security number or whatever. And then, you know what I'm saying, businesses will be offering discounts or whatever if you sign up with, you know, your direct account or it's going to be something like that. It's going to seem like, you know, we're getting a deal. Um, it's just simple, but, but yeah, how crazy our last movie totally predicted that shit. And here it is. The bank having to deal directly with many millions of citizens and businesses. Um, what they want to do is bring in this uh, thing called the central banking digital currency. They want to replace fiat paper money with digital money as a competitor to Bitcoin and crypto money, right? But instead of being uh, decentralized... This is Majid Nawaz. Now, if you watch the movie, I, I put his credits down there, but he's a best-selling author. He's a former um, is, Islamic extremist. He got sent to prison um, on some trumped-up charges, and, you know, he has quite the journey. I recommend going and watching the Majid uh, Nawaz Joe Rogan episode, like God, so great. Uh, he he's a, he's quite the orator too. And he 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 really explains the whole um, CBDC kind of paradox that we're going to be in, and um, how it's being pushed forward. But yeah, I'm gonna let him speak for himself. Here it is. Currency. It will be controlled by a government. It's digital currency, but controlled centrally through the banks, Bank of England. So instead of having a bank account with whatever. HSBC or Bank of America, you'll have a bank account directly within the American context with the Fed. In the UK, directly with the Bank of England. You have a personal bank account and you're given digital money in that bank account. These are called central banking digital currencies. The Chancellor of the Exchequer in the UK has already announced their intention to do this as the G7 group. That this digital currency, once you're you, because, you know, everyone knows that with inflation at over 5%, it's now 5.4%, right? Uh, our fiat money, the paper money, is increasingly becoming worthless and we're headed towards a big disaster. They, the Fed wants to raise interest rates. But we're in so much debt that if you raise interest rates, people are going to suffer because everyone, the, the, you know, we're living on debt as Western economies. So they realize that this kind of the lifespan of paper money is fast coming to an end because of the 2008 economic crash in particular. So they're bringing in these central banking digital currencies. Why is that word programmable in there? So what they said in that article and the, and the chance to put a video out saying this as well, they said, right, think back to what vaccine passports were. Yeah, if you don't have your jab, you can't even eat in this restaurant. What they've said and why the word programmable was in that headline was they've said that this money that you will earn from work, instead of having paper money, you have this digital money. It's programmable so that you can't buy certain foods or if you do something that your employer doesn't like, it's all in that article. You won't be able to spend your money. In other words, it's not money. They're vouchers. They're like food vouchers and they can be programmed so that like the Chinese social credit system, that if you try and use them on a certain thing, it won't work. You say you want to buy a burger and they want you to buy bugs, which is one of the examples used. If you start to try and buy unhealthy meat, it just won't work. You tap, you tap your card. You can't buy the thing because you've met your quota that month of burgers. You have to buy something like a, a vegan meal. And here is the article. Bank of England tells ministers to intervene on digital currency programming. Yeah. And here's a quote from the article. This is in the Telegraph, the one he pulled up. Okay. It was behind a paywall. So I'll just read the quote. Digital cash 
could be programmed to ensure it is only spent on essentials or goods which an employer or government deems to be sensible. Holy now, shit. Now, I'm going to take it one step further for you, Joe, right? So the vaccine passport infrastructure is in place. But now we know that the vaccine doesn't stop infection or transmission, but the Checkpoint Charlie exists everywhere. They bring in digital banking, central banking, digital currencies. You've got a scenario now that you're checking in and out everywhere you go using vouchers that are programmed and you can only spend where you're told you can spend them. You bring in that digital currency and you've got this total control. And if I'm speaking to you the way I'm speaking now, and my employer or government, you heard that in the quote directly, yeah, deems me as saying or doing something inappropriate, suddenly I can't actually pay to come here and speak to you anymore. My, my digital currency won't even pay for the ticket because it will be known that I'm coming to speak to you. Whenever people these days say that cash is cold and hard, that's because it's dead. Dead. Like pogs, VCRs, and talking to your neighbors, cash is quickly becoming a thing of the past. And one day, cash could disappear or become obsolete. But this could be a big problem. No matter who you are or what your political persuasion, you need cash. And without it, we're all in trouble. So, you know, I use this pop culture callback because I believe that it, it brings up nostalgia for millennials i'm just letting you know kind of a technique if you're trying to assign or wake up or specifically target a person of audi per an a type of audience within your film that's kind of for everyone and the reason why i did that specifically using this duck hunt um mage was because i believe millennials are the last generation that remembers what it was to have to live without the internet or before the internet etc so i was trying to bring up memories of nostalgia and book and access that bookmark in the audience's mind so they can understand that this you know i'm saying go back to when you were free etc you know because there are those you know there are those emotions and feelings and thoughts and memories of yeah i remember like when you know you just went outside, you just didn't know where people were. And then you just had to hopefully call them when they got back home, etc. Thoughts about freedom and before all this techno bullshit. And so I'm using a, I'm a nostalgia bookmark to specifically isolate and target um, people who, uh, 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 millennials, Gen Xers, etc. And that's why I, if you're just curious why I use this trope. It was fun to make it. But why I specifically used a trope from that was to make sure that I'm talking to a specific uh, part of the audience without having to officially declare it. And it reads, seven reasons a cashless society isn't free. The crackdown has really begun in earnest now. Uh, as you mentioned, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police has shared a list of names with the banks of people who've been involved in the protests. These are people whose accounts the, the, the law enforcement wants frozen. And we've seen reports that this is about uh, a list of about two dozen names, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 names uh, of people that the government wants to freeze their accounts to, to try to get them out of um, these these protests. And we are so one thing about digital central bank digital currencies is the fact that if the government doesn't approve of your actions, like we learned even in the protests that I was talking about, or the government, you know what I'm saying, 
uh, needs to get your attention or or what have you is they could freeze your assets, uh, the government itself. And since the 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 bank essentially controls the money and then it's just issued to you by Visa, MasterCard, you know what I'm saying, your credit union, whatever, which is going to be what the CBDC model is based off of. Um, the, if the government doesn't like your actions, they can freeze your accounts. I already had this happen to me going through COINTELPRO. What they would do is because they, um, I uh, got a job that was not, I got a job that was not connected to them. I didn't get it. I, I didn't get the job through the internet or whatever. And I was too afraid to have a car at that time, which I've told you before. So I was mainly using Ubers, um, or using the train to get to work. I use an Uber if I was late. I was usually never late, but, um, it was when I found, I, I found out that, uh, they could freeze my accounts is when I was late to work one of these days and I went to go use my card to hail an Uber and it blocked it. And then I tried to use a, a card from a different bank because I have two different banks. And those accounts, those funds were frozen. And then I had uh, another account, which was a prepaid card that I used for internet purchases. And that was frozen. I was given no reason for it, but for like, I don't know, two weeks or so, like I could not use any of my money. This was in the United States. This is while I was going through this uh, COINTELPRO shit. Well, I'm still going through it, but when it was super gnarly. Um, but yeah, they can just do that. I mean, you guys think the Canadian government's fucked up. Like, the U.S. government did that shit to me. You understand? Even a prepaid card, because you have to use your, your, your social security number to get the prepaid cards, you know, to use it for internet shopping so people can't get into your bank account. Which is, by the way, the smartest way to shop online. You should... I mean, it seems like kind of like a pain in the ass to go and charge it up, but what's more of a pain in the ass? Some ass, some dickhead has access to your bank account or, you know what I'm saying, a prepaid card. You can just, like, request a new number, a, a new card at any time if you suspect anything. But anyway, so all my accounts, so my two bank accounts and, and this prepaid card that I had for, uh, like, Amazon stuff, uh, all blocked, frozen. I would call the, the numbers and they would just be like, yeah, we're sorry. We're just seeing that there's been a freeze put on this account and we're waiting for further details. That's all they said. That's all they said. I called every single one. I even went down to my bank and they're like, yeah, we're just seeing that this account has been, uh, is there, there's a hold on this account and we were waiting for further details. And that's all the people at the bank could tell me. So they can do this while you're in COINTELPRO if the government doesn't want you to move or go anywhere because if you don't have money, then they, then they eliminate your options. Do you understand? It's the same way they, they same reason why they attack your job, etc. In COINTELPRO, it's because you don't have money, you can't fight them. Do you understand? And it's incredibly illegal, and it's so crazy to understand that, like, for this to literally happen in the United States, and like you really like going through COINTELPRO. I will tell you this: if you're not somebody who's been in the program or you know, someone, a target of gang stalking or whatever. I mean, there's like, you know, like 45,000 of you guys. So obviously it's not all you guys, but you have to understand your constitutional rights is basically like, 
is basically just a permission slip that the government can take away at any time. And not even because you're incarcerated, just because you are somehow deemed a threat. So your online speech will be will be squashed. Your bank accounts will be frozen. Like you, people really need to understand what I went through. I mean, I ask, I tell people, you know, especially people who, um, you know, I'll talk to some media people and they're like, oh yeah, well, people are talking about you. It's not really safe for us to talk to you, whatever. I'm like, cool. Well, listen to my podcast from the beginning all the way to the end. Um, you just understand I'm bookmarking all these crazy things that are happening to me. Like these things are insane for you to legitimize what they're trying to smear my name with and be like, Oh yeah, I could totally see that. happen." Like even like based on that basic smears, if any of them were true, I would be in jail. That's a total baseline fact, total fact, right? People are negating that. They somehow think, you know, I've got fucking, uh, 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 Johnny Cochran money or something like 0%. You know what I'm saying? Secondly, after that, like the fact that they're freezing my bank accounts, the fact that they were censoring me, the fact that they were shooting like active denial service weapons at me to keep me from fucking going into news outlets 300 miles away from where my supposed drama started. Like I can't even go into the laundry list of fantastical shit that I've gone through that are completely unrealistic. But you know what I'm saying? That's the thing about a logical fallacy. And that's the thing about dumbing people down and why you don't educate people and, and why, you know what I'm saying? The U S government only educates people just enough to be a, a good little taxpayer and to maintain status quo. It's so they can fucking lie to you, lie to your face. And, and people just totally check out. It's so crazy. I don't want to talk too much about that shit, but it's man. It's so, it's so bananas. Like to think about the massive, um, wood chippering of my constitutional rights. It's, Basically, the United States is like going to Disneyland Park. You pay for the ticket, but the second you piss off any of the workers or you touch one of the, you know what I'm saying, like, um, that's a bad, that's a bad metaphor. <laughs> hey, who says I can't fucking touch Mickey on his dick, you know? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, the second, for any reason, uh, they kick people out of the park for uh, uh, dressing like your favorite character, but for whatever reason, right? They decide that you have to leave. Then you have to fucking leave. And think about that. They just revoke that access and whatever. That's basically your constitutional rights. Because you've done nothing that the government deems as a threat, you don't know that. But understand that it is a piece of paper that is burned up in a second. And I'm not even talking about cops illegally arresting you, even though that fucking happened. It is basically a, it's basically a, a, a piece of paper that can be, or not even a piece of paper, like our constitutional rights, they're just these easily revocable things. The second you become a threat to the U.S. government, and they've been perfecting COINTELPRO 2.0 forever. Do you understand? Since like the 60s and 70s. And then, you know, saying COINTELPRO 2.0 since, you know, 9-11 and signing of the Patriot Act and everything like that. Um, you know, COINTELPRO 2.0, this enhanced version of the program, which is just years beyond what they were doing back then, even though back then what happened was atrocious. Um, people need to really understand, like they can just take your shit. Um, they, if you leave the country and the, that administration doesn't like things that you're saying, uh, this happened to Cat Stevens. Look this up. Cat Stevens, the artist and the, the, the musician known as Cat Steven. Now his name is Yusuf Islam. Uh, he converted, but 
Cat Stevens, the famous musician Cat Stevens, left the country, but when he, he but when he tried to come back, they didn't let him in because he said things about Bush and he didn't like it. Just revoked it. Just revoked his ability to come back into his country. And that was over something that silly. You really need to understand when you're a threat to the U.S. government, like, bro, your bank accounts, um, your ability to travel, um, they'll start harassing your family because they know you'll start relying on your family. They'll have, they'll, they'll incentivize cops to incentivize local thugs to harass members of your family, your friends. Some, some people will have to stop being your friend because they were there. Their families have been threatened. Do you know what I'm saying? Especially when you're adult, like that shit will fucking happen. And you're just like, why are these people, why are these people who I, you know what I'm saying? I thought I can rely on whatever. Uh, all of a sudden, why are they disappearing, et cetera, while I'm going through this? It's because probably, most likely, they were uh, threatened like a motherfucker. They will threaten, um, They, you know what I'm saying? They will, they will threaten your kids. Like, bro, you have no fucking clue. The U.S. government, if they see you as a threat, and especially if you get on these, uh, put on these watch lists, et cetera, these DHS watch, watch lists, and you're an excel, uh, known as an, an accelerated threat, Man, they will just take it all from you. Freeze your bank accounts. They froze my bank accounts again, believe it or not, on the last 2030 Vision movie. Um, the last 30, 2030 Vision movie, I wanted to release it around 9-11 because of, you know, I was also talking about the Bushes and the Cheneys, etc. Um, talking about, you know what I'm saying, how their their family and their dynasty is trying to move forward and push forward. And my shit is hacked to fucked. And they already saw a copy of that movie and whatever. And so what they did is I was, I, I've been saving up, I've been saving up a chunk of money for a little while because I was going to buy ads on like Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and run copies of the movie. You know what I'm saying? And to, to, to open people's eyes. I mean, I'm not making money off this. This is all just money going down to a hole because I just want to, you know, wake people up. And, um, they froze on my accounts again for the whole month of September. They froze my accounts, all of my accounts, my two bank accounts. And then I had a couple of those prepaid cards. Those were also absolutely frozen and they can just do it. They can just, they can just take that shit and, and, and make it so you can't do literally anything with any of your money. It's so crazy. People were losing their minds about the fucking um, Canada freezing the account shit. That's because that got popularized. Like, dude, when I saw that, I was like, welcome to the club, motherfuckers. Like, when I saw that, I was just like, oh, dog, they do that to you too, huh? But yeah, they they froze my accounts twice. Twice they froze my accounts on two, two occasions. Uh, one was the first time they froze my accounts also as well is because they knew I, was, I had this job and I was starting to get a check. And the reason why they were freezing my accounts is because they didn't want me to use this money to then make more trips down to L.A. So they were kind of worried about that um, at the time because I was trying to upload copies of the investigation that essentially got these motherfuckers to ruin my life over. Um, so I was just going to put it on a on a drive and just drive it down to like a you know, to a, to a place and say, Hey, check this out, blah, blah, blah. And talk to these people. But they, they kind of understood that was my plan. So yeah, they just froze my fucking accounts. It's, it's so crazy though. But yeah, on this first example, 
or I talk about why CBDCs are bad, it's freezing your money. Believe me, they can freeze your money without CBDCs, but it'll be way easier for them to do it with it when they have CBDCs. Uh, I know personally. But yeah, let's keep going. To get them out of um, these these protesting. And we are on our 20-acre off-grid homestead in North Idaho. It's been a few months since we installed this off-grid system, and we want to take the opportunity to talk to you guys about all of your most asked questions. So the second reason was off-grid living. And you know what? A lot of people are doing that now. A lot of people are going off-grid, and it's not hard to go off-grid. I mean, off-grid people, you think off-grid means you're running from the law. It doesn't. It just means that you're not connected to electricity. You might have bought a piece of property that doesn't have you know all the fixings on it because i mean if you can get to the point where you can buy a piece of property you know it'd probably be on the outskirts of your of your county or what have you right but then you gotta pay the city to bring plumbing into there and electric you know pay the city around 10 grand to wire up like electric send a wire electricity pole to you and so people who want to still be homeowners etc but they have to go out to the outskirts of metropolitan areas to even afford to buy land and then go from there like that's becoming super popular right now um, especially in california because our you know our weather is so great and you can pretty much move anywhere too far and it's not just horrible but lots you know lots of people are doing the off-grid stuff and some of these people have to go a little further out you know but they'll make the commute i even have family that do crazy commutes uh into san diego in the city from like way out way out um and um you know this off-grid living i mean what's going to happen if you know what i'm saying you have something that happens out there you know and you're off-grid and you need cash on hand which is usually kind of a given when you do off-grid living is cash on hand and it's it's a very un, un unfree way of doing things especially when sometimes there may not be internet out there so you can't use your card you can't use a swipe thing or what have you so, yeah, off-grid living, you mean, definitely you're going to need cash for that. Turn to Puerto Rico, where Hurricane Fiona has knocked out power and water to up to one million people. I came mentally prepared for this, the long line, so I could have a little bit of cash on me, because almost all of the businesses here are only taking cash, so you have to do it. Because I'm a So, natural disasters, there's a perfect example also why... CBDCs, you know, if we switch over as that being a standard for our financial system, like what happens if the power goes out? What happens if there's a natural disaster? You know, all the stores, etc., that are, you know, say you can buy water at or food or, you know, get services, their shit's all going to be down. It's been in many hurricanes, etc. You know, if it gets snowed out, we're having right now, we're having those huge uh, snowstorms in Buffalo and people are looting and whatever, but. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do if the internet is down? You know what I'm saying? Like, no one's gonna have cash. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone was trusting on their on their on their cards on their on their what their their central bank digital currency account. The fuck out of here. Last line of defense between sleaze like this and the decent people in this town. Oh, hi, Frank. See, we got that model D83 Swedish Sure Grip suck machine in that you ordered. It's a gift. a great scene from the naked gun but yeah what about anonymous purchases what if you want to make an anonymous purchase what if you want to buy something at a sex shop what if you want to buy um 
you know, what if you want to buy herb and you don't want your credit card company, et cetera, to know about, you know, where you're using your card because there's a lot of weird shit now affecting people's credit score, believe it or not. Um, what if you want to make an anonymous purchase? What if you want to buy a car? You know what I'm saying? You don't, and you know what I'm saying? You guys want to fudge, you know, oh, well, you said the price was three grand, but you know, five grand for the, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's five grand for the taxes or whatever. Like people do that shit all the time. Like you can't make your purchases anonymous. And there is so many things that you don't want people to find out about. What if you're cheating on your diet? What if your old lady doesn't want to see you cheating on your diet? Do you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? So, so she doesn't see those McDonald's, uh, ads on, uh, uh, charges on the, on the, on the joint account or whatever. Like, so you're going to sneak yourself a little, you know what I'm saying? You sneak yourself a little McNuggies or whatever, or you're going to go buy a pizza or you're going to, what if you want to buy a gift for your wife and you don't want her to know that you went and fucking bought her like a diamond bracelet or whatever, like anonymous purchases are important and it's one of the last pieces of privacy that we do have but the government doesn't even want us to have that you know what i'm saying they don't even want us to have anonymous purchases they want to see everything like it's fucking psycho so anonymous purchases absolutely this is why we still need cash data and damaged networks they exist anonymously on the web but we found one who agreed to talk to us hey there Gianna nice to meet you Gianna nice to meet you so right there uh, I use an example of a vice investigation where she was meeting some hackers and they blurred their faces and they morphed their voice so you wouldn't know their identity but, you know what I'm saying, if they have to go and fly somewhere and then buy a taxi to somewhere else because they don't have a car or whatever, or all the expenses, and these journalists are investigating people that maybe they don't, you know what I'm saying, the, the law is still looking for, they got to protect their sources, etc. Maybe you're a private investigator. Maybe you're just, a, you know what I'm saying, um, maybe you're an undercover. Maybe you're an undercover cop or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying, like, it makes it so... If you're, if you have an investigation and maybe the government is corrupt, maybe, you know, you have like, you know, somebody who monitors the internet, you know what I'm saying? Who like a soldier who has NSA detail and he's working with a couple of corrupt ass local San Diego DSH agents and all these guys in this law enforcement community all protect each other because they all try to fucking extort you. I'm just hypothetical. <clears throat> uh, so what if you have that? And what if, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to make some moves to expose this fucking corruption. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it de-anonymizes any kind of investigations that have to happen, etc. And this is very important for our democracy. Our democracy runs because journalism exists. Because people are willing to come forward and blow the whistle on things. We even know about the first iteration of the COINTELPRO program. Uh, because of, uh, I believe it was Deep Throat or what have you in the, back in the seventies who, who tipped off, uh, a journalist like, you know what I'm saying? Regardless though, investigations, there are lots of things of an investigation needs to be anonymous. Um, Majid makes a great, um, point later in this film where if his government thinks it's not a good idea for him to go and see Joe Rogan and talk to Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan show, they could freeze his account with CBDCs and it'll happen even faster. 
Even though, like I said, they did with me because I kept going to L.A. And then they didn't want me to promote my film when I was trying to do it myself. Like, isn't that crazy? Isn't that fucking crazy? I still can't believe that. I still can't believe that when I was doing the last version of this movie, they just blocked all my accounts for the whole month of September. Because I told, I remember telling everybody, I was like, hey, man, we're going to debut this on 9-11, you know, and I, and before, you know, like my 11th fucking Twitter account got nuked, you know, I was reaching out to everyone. I was like, hey, just to let you know, I'm going to do this on this day and I'd appreciate, you know, you check out the movie and if you like it, can you guys retweet it? I had everyone in the DMs. Well, they were paying attention to those DMs. So they made the entire month of September the uh, Steve begs all of his friends and relatives for fucking money month. Um, because I just literally just couldn't get my shit out of the bank and the bank was just, well, yeah, we don't know. All we got is an alert that this account's been now put on a hold. I was like, well, can I get more information from the manager or whatever? They're like, yeah, it's just a hold. I'm just like, Jesus, all of my accounts. Cause I was going to promote a film anyways. As the overall standard of life has gone up in the United States, its citizens have become increasingly reticent to work in the fields for such little pay. So who's doing the work? Well, that's where migrant workers come in. The heavy flow of migrant workers has kept U.S. farms viable. So many people don't understand. There's around 7 million working illegal immigrants in the United States, and they make the agriculture business work. And I know food prices are out of fucking control right now, but they make food prices work. Uh, they keep them low. There's this great film called A Day Without a Mexican, and it just shows how much we rely on literally 7 million illegal migrants currently are living and working in the United States. And a lot of them do field worker jobs. And um, as the lady was explaining there in that um, CNET, clip Americans don't want to do those jobs and a lot of these uh, migrant workers they get paid in cash they live on cash they buy their trucks on cash they you know what I'm saying like everything they do is in cash these people need to because I mean the government literally looks the other way it's crazy how um I'm gonna take a Fahim uh and uh, a Fahim jo- uh, a bit that I just saw, but he, uh, the, the comedian Fahim in the beginning of this film, uh, talking about Moderna is, uh, well, he thought it was a Tyler Perry movie. Remember that joke from that comedian in the beginning of this film? Well, Fahim, he just had this, something he's published and he, he made this great point where how there's this, there's this well-known corruption in the world where you can just go and get a worker at fucking Home Depot. And it's true. That is so fucking true. Like, and everyone's just okay with that. Everyone knows you can go and do that. The people at Home Depot know that you, you know what I'm saying? Don't say anything. They just let those guys hang out right by the Home Depot, etc. Like the government knows that all these migrant workers are, you know what I'm saying? Going, leaning back on that. The government knows all these migrant workers are here, but there's 7 million of them, 7 million of them. You understand? 7 million migrant workers. And they are a hundred percent cash based. If we take that from them, there goes our agri- agriculture industry through the fucking roof. Prices are going to go through the roof. Grant workers has kept U.S. farms viable. Your credit card involves two main companies. Your bank, which loans you the money, and the card network that handles the transaction, like Visa or MasterCard. Those two companies handle the most credit card transactions in the U.S. 
When you use your credit card, the transaction runs through a store's processing system through the credit card's network to your card's bank. And there are fees throughout these steps. Every time you use your credit card, a whole series of behind-the-scenes steps and fees kicks in so you can get... And then the, the seventh reason why, and that that's just seven off the top. That was just seven that I was thinking about and named. I, there's many more reasons why we still need actual cash in hand. But the, the last reason is that basically when it comes down to it, the, the central bank is going to issue the money to the bank. And then the bank is then going to use Visa or MasterCard to process the transaction still. So basically, it'll get to a point where no matter what, there will be a middleman making money every time you spend your money. Do you understand? Since the payment network is not free, you will always be spending money to spend your money. There will always be a middleman to... Make that transaction happen. Yeah, we get the card directly from the the central the from the Fed, right? Fed coin essentially. But we're gonna be every transaction you make, they're gonna take a piece of that. Somebody, so you will never be able to spend another dollar without giving somebody, you know, thirty cents of that dollar. Do you understand? Or or what are the transaction fees? But just imagine. Just to spend your money, it will cost you money. That is fucking ridiculous. It ain't your money unless you got it in your hands. Centralization versus decentralization. Basically, it's no longer about left or right. It's about up versus down. The reality has been a great transfer of wealth has taken place. Meanwhile, state-imposed sanctions are being proposed on the most vulnerable. So, yeah, you know, after the coronavirus, you really have to understand, like, the coronavirus happened, and every major Fortune 500 company, big pharma, big tech, whatever, all sat there and found out ways that they could bilk money out of this scenario. You really need to understand, like... You have to see these corporations and the people that run them, etc. These people are the Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Do you know what I'm saying? They're the, the lions and the tigers of our caste system or however you want to you know say our you know however you want to describe our our economy and our uh, our country, I guess, and our system. But they are like the head predators. Do you know what I'm saying? They're the eagles, etc. They see things coming. They already have analysts that plan for speculative scenarios. Like, I mean, even I would do that for my clients. Okay, well, it, you know, when they needed PR consulting, okay, well, if this happened, you know, doing, uh, what do they call it, um, damage control for things and, you know, possible bad scenarios in the future that could happen or whatever, we'd have to have a game plan. Oh, okay, well, what happens if someone calls us racist for this product or service or they say that we're not doing it right or... There's all these scenarios and you just pre-plan for them. Do you know what I'm saying? They already have these, you know, scenarios planned for if this happens, we know how we can as a company sustain ourselves. They're like little mini countries. Do you know what I'm saying? They have they have their own security, they have their own people who bribing, you know, um, 
the government, they have analysts, they have bankers, you know what I'm saying? They're like mini countries almost, these large mega corps. And so they plan ahead for the future. They plan ahead. It's like flood insurance. Like, okay, well, what if this happens? Or what if a recession happens? How? What's going to be our plan then when we do this or whatever? Because they don't want to be blindsided. Do you know what I'm saying? So they think ahead. People really understand, like, I don't know, have you ever been on a date with, like, somebody who has their head screwed on right and they're just kind of curious what your your five- and ten-year plan is? Have you ever heard that? From, you know, well, if you're dating abroad and, and she don't ask you, you know, what your ten, what your five- and ten-year plan is, it's probably because she don't have her head screwed on right. Um, but Pete, that's, you know, what a normal grown ass man usually has. He's got a five and a 10 year plan, you know, and then he kind of regroups. See, we'll see what happened with the economy or whatever. Um, countries and corporations have 50 year plans, uh, 20 year plans, 10 year outlooks. You know, I mean, a nation, a country has, you know, a hundred makes like hundred year, um, outlooks. You, you really need to understand like, Countries are these long-standing things that are here. They're just these ideas that everyone who's born into it just continues the religion. They plan out way ahead of time. And they also plan for disasters. They plan for every kind of disaster. So for... I know a lot of people call it the things like the pandemic. Not everything is, you know, some sort of salacious conspiracy. You just have to understand corporations and... People, you know, like and and the megacorps that run the military industrial complex, etc. They're fucking predatory. They just, you know, what I'm saying they, they, you know, what I'm saying a lion doesn't when the lion goes out to hunt, the lion does can't doesn't raise a doesn't like you know what I'm saying secretly raise a family of deer or 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 caribou or antelope or whatever you want to fucking call it. You know what I'm saying? Because in the future, it's planning on eating that. Like, no, it goes out and it waits for an opportunity. But since it knows it has all the tools it needs to take advantage of that opportunity, when it does see one, it just gets it. That's how you kind of have to see about these scenarios. Like, yes, there are planned fucked up things that happen. Absolutely. But like, you can't think everything is some giant long term plan. Um you have to understand a lot of these corporations, a lot of these government entities, they're, they're predatory. And so they they know how to turn bad situations into a good situation. Or, oh, you know what we can do with this? Oh, man, we were really planning on doing this whenever we had the opportunity. Now's the time to do that. Like, they already have plans in place. They have, they have contingencies for all sorts of scenarios. And they're predatory. They're like a lion. The lion doesn't pre-plan. It's not some conspiracy that a lion goes out and hunt successfully hunts. It just has all the things that could, you know, take advantage of a situation when the situation arises. Anyways, let's go on to this montage so I can blow you away about what happened with the wealth gap and how the war against the rich versus the poor is getting out of control. For so many people, it also created hundreds of new billionaires. Say record gas prices are among the biggest factors driving inflation right now. On the pace of inflation in the U.S., absolutely should be buying this thing because this is just a cost of food, electricity, and rent have all been steadily increasing over the past. That's right. The price of gas soaring to new record highs. And oil companies they provide no explanation. 
me just stop that right there. Our governor, Gavin Newsom, just uh, kind of going to war with the oil companies. This dude set up a windfall tax and then an account because you know how we all got gouged during the summer of 2022 from gas and food and whatever, but the oil companies have no reason to gouge us. If you've been paying attention to that, I flash all these headlines. You can see it when you watch the movie. Like I said, this movie is nothing but receipts. Um, they had record profits during the pandemic. And then they used the war to pump up, uh, the war in Ukraine to pump up oil prices, but oil prices are only, you know, Russian oil only, you know, only accounts for like 3% of the oil we get. You know, a lot of the oil we get is comes from fucking Canada. Um, so yeah, right. There's no war in Canada. Um, but yeah, Gavin Newsom now made this thing in California. So if, corporations, if it seems like corporations are price fixing or they're price gouging, like they got caught now, he passed this new law. Or if they are, he's going to do a windfall tax on the oil companies and it's going to go into a big account. And then from that account, he's going to disperse the money back to Californians. I just thought that was pretty rad that uh, Newsom did that. The fact is, we're ripping you off. Experiencing dramatically higher prices. Skyrocketing rents, forcing a growing number of Americans to think twice about where home is. The rising cost of living. Cost of living crisis. The cost of living crisis. Higher cost of living. According to this chart, what is the biggest driver of inflation during the pandemic? The blue is the, the dark blue is the recent period. It would be corporate profits. And what is that percentage? It is 54%, and that number does stay that level of high if you update that number to more recent numbers as well. So over half of the increased prices people are paying are coming from increases in corporate profits. Yes, the unit price index is reflected in corporate profits as opposed to other costs. So this is Katie Porter. Katie Porter kind of shined a light on something. Katie Porter is a congresswoman from Orange County, and she's famous for her whiteboard. Um, where she explains things, but Katie Porter's office discovered that she was the first person to do so. And, you know, because so many of her clips have gone viral, people pay attention when she pulls out her board. But Katie Porter, a California um, congresswoman, did the math to show that the reason why we're getting gouged, because everyone keeps saying cost of living crisis. Um, everyone keeps saying oh, this is happening because of the war in Ukraine or whatever. She discovered that, and they were also blaming inflation for all these high prices because it is so expensive, bro. Like, $100 with the grocery should last you, like, a week, week and, week and a half, maybe a week and three days or whatever. Like, bro, it is so crazy what 100 bucks gets you at the grocery store now. Um, it's crazy how, you know what I'm saying, what gas prices were at. It's crazy how on the cost of everything, bro. And she can and she and her office did some research and they found out the corporations are just gouging us. But not only are they gouging us, but they're coordinatedly gouging us. They're all together agreeing that they're going to slowly raise the prices on us. And we're going to go into more detail about how that coordination happens. But basically, she her office discovers like beast, you know what I'm saying, aside from inflation, right? Aside from inflation, so businesses do have to naturally increase prices there, you know, to cover their costs of inflation. Their price hikes are over 50% above what it would, it would cost to cover inflation. 
So, and everyone's doing this. Fucking, your grocery store's doing this, Walmart's doing this, uh, retailers are doing this, and they're doing it coordinatedly. Coordinatedly, meaning they are all agreeing, we'll all just slowly raise the prices on everybody. It's crazy how that coordination works, but they basically, the corporate, the corporations have so much power and so much communique because of how things are structured in the backgrounds of things that they were just basically gouging us. They were basically just fucking price gouging us. So we all just came out of, out of COVID. People lost their fucking retirements. They, you know what I'm saying? They had, they lost their homes business is shut down and we're just coming out of this COVID shit. And after we've been made broke by COVID for two, for, for two years, the first, the, the thing that we needed most from our, um, United States corporate establishments, our long held brands or whatever that, that act like they're part of our culture and they're part of Christmas time. And they're the they're the taste of summer and you know what I'm saying they're the brand of happiness and they're the brand that helps you buy a home or whatever where these motherfuckers were straight up working together to just gouge us the reason why this happens is the same way the same this as a, is kind of um it kind of coalesces along the same kind of behavioral science that happens in COINTELPRO Pro is they condition you to accept a certain flavor of a reality and corporations under understand this and they knew that over the pandemic we were the we the most people were made so broke because lots of people got furloughed 50 million people got furloughed man um lots of people lost their homes a couple million people lost the places where they lived um every uh, small businesses all around the nation got shut down and so they understood that we got conditioned to white knuckling it do you understand financially? I mean, you remember when the, when the government just told us to stay home and wait for us to fucking, you know, and after five months pass, we'll throw you a, a check for 600 bucks. Like, what the fuck was that, right? Like, dude, do you know how much things cost now? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy that they even, that they, that was their fucking big plan. Like, yeah, we'll make you be broke for the next seven months, but then we're going to give you a check for 600 bucks. Don't worry about it. Like, right? They made us broke. It increased the wealth gap by enormous proportions. And then during the pandemic, more billionaires were made during the pandemic than in the past hundred years. Just because of all the money that there was to be made by this emergency situation by a bunch of fucking predators. But basically, the corporations understood that we have been, because we were everyone who's going through the pandemic has now gotten used to white knuckling it essentially financially. They understood that as the economy goes back to normal and everyone starts going back to work, etc., we've been conditioned that this is normal life. And so we didn't even notice they were doing it. So yeah, inflation is increasing, but by like 7%, they increase prices over 50% above 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 the percentage that they need to cover these prices. And they did it coordinatedly. It was across the board. Every single fucking retailer. And they just made up these magical reasons why it happened. And they were bullshit reasons. And they couldn't blame it on the recession. Because officially their country has not gone into a recession yet. On top of that, the inflation rate 
doesn't cover the price hikes, but they did it across the board. Every major retailer was doing these price hikes. Every every uh, every uh, food uh, seller, every restaurant, etc. They were gouging people. Why? Because we've become used to being broke during COVID, and since we've been conditioned, they thought we wouldn't notice when every everything got back to normal, and so they saw this as a window to fucking gouge us. And going back to something that Newsom said, he reached out, his, his office reached out to the oil companies, etc., and they had absolutely no response to him for why they were price gouging people. They couldn't even give him an actual response that made sense in reality. So you really have to understand how fucked up this is. After we just went through the two hardest years, like, really think about it. Two, that was two years. We went through these two years, and then what were these companies doing? They're like, okay, when everyone starts getting back to work and everything starts going, getting back to normal, um, what we'll do is we'll slowly do the slow boiling of the of the frog. You know how if you throw a frog in hot water, it'll jump out. But if you put a frog in room temperature water and you slowly raise the temperature, it won't notice it. That's what they were doing to us. They were slowly raising the price and raising the price. And then next week it would be a higher price. And then next week it would be a higher price. And then they, and then when we would ask about things, yo, what the fuck is going on? What's this? What's going on here? They would repeat this bullshit phrase to us called, they would say, it's the cost of living crisis. They assigned an emergency term to uh, a phenomenon, to, to a phenomenon that's not a real thing. It's called the cost of living crisis. It's not a real thing. They can't say inflation because it's not inflation. Can't say the recession because recession hasn't kicked in. 2023, though, is going to be the year the recession kicks in. What was it? The cost of living crisis. They just made up a fake name for price gouging. They Because you can't say price gouging. They just called it something else. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like calling people the middle class. You're not the middle class. I hope you guys went and watched that video I told you. It's like five minutes long. It'll blow your fucking mind. In the last podcast I talk about, they're just calling something a name. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like calling a kitten a tiger. It's like, it's not. It's just not that. It's not the same thing. I don't care. I don't care if you call it that. But that's what it was. It was price gouging. But they couldn't say price gouging, so they called it the cost of living crisis because price gouging is bullshit. So they just lied and created a whole name for price gouging called the cost of living crisis. Any newscaster that fucking talks about the cost of living crisis is a corporate puppet. He's trying to, they're trying to increase, increasingly pacify us to be like, oh yeah, the crisis for the cost of living. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Yeah, no, things are expensive now, you know, because the cost of living crisis. And I show that and, and I show these news programs. And you hear that when you heard, hear, heard back down the podcast. I hope you're watching this damn movie, by the way. You hear them they say cost of living crisis. I went and I found all these clips. There's so many more clips, but that was the ones I could find in the short notice because I had to button this movie up before, you know, the end of the year. But they call it the cost of living crisis. Every time you hear that come out of somebody's fucking mouth, understand that is a person who was lying to you. That is a corporate shill. Here, Katie Porter irons that out where she literally, with ma- with basic math, right? Because people don't think it's statistics. People think like they got things figured out or they understand what's going on. Did anybody else know that we were getting, <laughs> excuse me, did anybody else know we were getting price gouged by major five 
uh, Fortune 500 companies working together to just bilk money out of the American people when we needed them the most. We need to recover in this economy. And these motherfuckers are gouging us. Fuck these corporations. We should all go back to just shopping at mom and pop shops. The fact that these motherfuckers will all work together to just raise the prices. Why? For no other reason other than they knew they can get away with it. So basically someone just being a pickpocket because they knew you didn't know that they were picking your pocket. And then they coordinated with the mainstream news. You know, the same people who fucking lied to us about COVID to our fucking faces. And then those people invented a term that doesn't even exist. They call it the cost of living crisis. That is a fake word, bro. Katie Porter irons that out right here. It's not the cost of living crisis. It's corporate price gouging. Yes, the unit price index is reflected in corporate profits as opposed to other costs. And how does that compare to historically? So when Katie Porter demonstrated there, the high prices that we're seeing at gas stations and stores in many cases are high because corporations are choosing to keep them high. We saw this last week with the announcement of record profits by the Shell Oil Corporation. This week from the New York Times, food prices soar and so do companies' profits. Reporting that some food companies and restaurants are continuing to raise prices even if their own inflation-driven costs have been covered. What about him recording me? Oh, he'll record you when you pay the freight. Scratch a life, find a thief. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? This. You see, I saw Jack Lotter the other night, and he gave me $500 advance on my record. He also said he'd put me on the road with Lord Folsom and pay me three times as much as you've been paying. No, that's a lie. Ain't no way he gonna put some blind man on the road. Think about it. I mean, you you need watching out for, and he ain't got the time to look after you the way I've been looking Is at Is that what you've been doing? Is he watching out for me? Is that why you get paid double what I do? Who told you that? Well, it's true, ain't it? You and Marlene have been gaming me since I got here. Ray, baby, listen. I've got to listen to you. Look, Ray, I've been, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Then why'd you talk? Um. Now I'm going to read this, but I wrote this paragraph to really sum up why you should be so angry and go back and think about what, you know, oh yeah, cost of living crisis. I've been hearing people saying that shit. Every person who said that to you so far in the past is some sort of corporate butt puppet. Real talk. Cost of living crisis is crazy. But there's this paragraph that I write out after that, after I meme that uh, Ray movie scene. And I'm going to read it for you once it's done appearing on the video. So in this paragraph, I kind of lay it out for you. 15 million Americans lost their jobs due to COVID-19. 100,000 small businesses closed due to restrictions. Millions lost their residences. Many spent all their savings and dug into their retirement. Mega corporations understand that we have become trained to financially white-knuckling it. So as our economy recovers, megacorps are gouging us way beyond inflation rates because they think we've been trained that barely making it is the new normal. And that should have your blood boiling. In an age where big banks are too big to fail and airlines are too big to fail and every establishment industry is too big to fail and the government bails them out. But like if you start a business and your business fails, do you get recompensated? No, you don't. 
But in an age where banks are too big to fail, fucking companies are big, too big to fail, airline industries are too big to fail, everyone's, all these big megacorps who service our, our needs and what have you are too big to fail, right? So they can't lose, you understand? So they literally can't lose in a free market, air quotes, free market. They can't lose because the fucking government will bail them out. So they lose nothing. They, they risk nothing for running their business like shit and not properly um, structuring or fixing their corporation or whatever. Even when they do get bailed out by the government, then even though it's too, they're too big to fail, they have the audacity not to pay it forward even though, by the way, the government didn't bail out the banks. The government didn't bail out corporations. We did. Taxpayers. There's no such thing as state money. People will have this idea that, oh, well, the government. like That's our money. That's our tax money. We That's our money. We bailed out the banks. We bailed out the corporations. And then they have the audacity after we fucking basically put a second mortgage on our lives with tax money, your great grandbabies are going to be paying back all these all these trillions of dollars in debt, right? So after we, the people, bailed these people out, they have the fucking balls to then price gouge us. Do you know what I'm saying? That's like, that's like uh, fucking somebody. Let's say your your car takes a shit and the transmission falls out of it or whatever. You don't have the money. To, someone comes and fucking gives you the money to fix your car to get back to work, right? And while you and, and 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 then he invites you to dinner the next week after he fixes your car, and then you know what I'm saying while you're at that dude's house, you go and you fucking find his wallet wallet on the coffee table, and then take all the money out of his wallet. I'm talking like, what a piece of shit you gotta be to do that. You understand? We bailed out the banks. You listening right now? You 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 bailed out the fucking banks. You bailed out the corporations, and then these motherfuckers coordinatedly after we allowed them to keep existing in the free market, which they fucking, which they lost in, right? But we had to bail them out. They had the audacity to fucking price gouge us 50% over inflation. Why? Because they think we've been trained like dogs to being broke and being on lockdown and barely fucking making it and waiting for a fucking $600 stimmy check after being, you know what I'm saying, jobless for a year they think we've been become accustomed they think they trained us like dogs so we wouldn't notice everybody knows that in the last 10 years, the people who own companies have made huge amounts of money. Their incomes have gone way, way up. We are in the midst of the most severe class warfare this country has seen since the 1920s. So what goes on right now, if workers are in a union and they go out on strike, what the owner says very often is, hey, please go out on strike because I'm going to bring in permanent replacements to take your job at lower wages. So workers then have two problems. Number one, their basic American right to strike is taken away from them. And second of all, they sit there and they say, hey, if I stand up for my rights and I don't want to accept a, a cut in my uh, salary, 
if I go out on strike, I'm going to lose my job completely. So I can't go out on strike. So I have to accept what the boss gives me. What's happening is the company is fighting tooth and nail. They bring in these highfalutin consultants at $500 an hour to beat them back. If somehow or another the union is successful in organizing, they don't negotiate the first contract. What they are saying is we're going to beat you. We're not here to negotiate. We're not here to work with you. We are going to break you. And we are going to lower your standard of living so we, the wealthiest people in America, can become even wealthier. That was Bernie Sanders. You know, we will. I, I always think of like the dream presidential election of peep candidates who actually give a shit about America would actually go up against each other. And then the best man of those two people would fucking um, duke it out. And then either way, the American people win. I'd always thought the uh, my my dream election would would be Bernie Sanders versus Ron Paul. Like regardless of what happens, the American people would win. It's too bad that history worked out the way it did. You know what I'm saying? Ron Paul retired, and I think um, Bernie. I don't know what Bernie's doing now, but regardless. But yeah, this is Bernie Sanders. Over his whole political career, he's been talking about the war on the middle class. There's going to be an interview. That you're going to hear later. It's going to fucking blow your mind. But. Um, I'm going to. You're going to hear this background music. And since you know you're listening to the podcast. You're not watching the movie. You don't understand. But basically. I'm just showing nothing but receipts. Nothing but receipts. And. Demos of all this new technology. That's coming out to basically. Make. Um, our jobs obsolete, whether that you, whether you work in retail, whether you work in food service, whether you work in a warehouse or whatever. And I go through this montage of videos and articles and stuff like that. That's why you're hearing this computer music, etc. But um, here's the thing is what the promise was, was as blue collar jobs get uh, as manufacturing and blue collar jobs, this was the, this was the plan. This was the long-term plan. The American financial plan was once blue collar jobs and manufacturing jobs that fueled the American economy in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even in the nineties. I mean, my uncle rent, uh, was a machinist and he made it, had a great, made a great living. Um, but the plan was after the dot-com bubble burst and we understood that like a lot of these jobs are going to become automated and we can farm them out to other countries or whatever, what was going to happen to the American economy was, oh, well, the service industry will absorb all those manufacturing, uh, all those unemployed manufacturers and blue-collar workers. That was literally the plan. That was the long-term plan that, oh, well, the service industry will absorb those jobs. Then, you know what I'm saying? Then he'll have to become an on-call plumber or on-call electrician or, you know what I'm saying, he'll become like a, a a server or a driver or a delivery driver or he'll, you know what I'm saying? Like, so the service industry was supposed to absorb all the jobs lost from the elimination of much of the manufacturing and blue-collar jobs that drove the American economy to American exceptionalism. Now, those jobs are being taken. The service industry jobs are being eliminated. And I go through this montage and I show how 
the supposed the the supposed class of work that was supposed to allow people who traditionally would be in those manufacturing roles being absorbed by the service industry now that's being eliminated so anyways regardless of that check out this montage you can also watch the, the movie but that's what you hear this computer music Workers at Namtown Warehouse in Staten Island have voted to unionize, marking a major victory for organized labor. who voted to unionize for the first time in the face of strong opposition from management. The latest sign that unions may be making a comeback. Electronic Giant is laying off hundreds of employees in an effort to lower cost and improve profit. Industry. The median annual salary of layoffs yesterday as part of CEO Chris Lick's uh, efforts. We we did. Beginning of the fourth quarter, we, we took some more pricing. Uh, again, all of that is based on commodity. And- this time at Ford, 8,000 job cuts to help fund investments in the industry. You're going to somehow see a rise in unemployment. According to the New York Times, and this is the largest layoff in the company's nearly 30-year history, it's also something we've now been hearing from so many tech companies. The technology is advancing at a pretty rapid rate, and it's going to displace a lot of jobs. You mentioned the Bank of England report. McKinsey did a study that found that proven technology today could lead to 45% of current jobs disappearing uh, over the next several years. Which I think is different than many others, which is that AI is not going to take blue-collar jobs so quickly, but it's actually going to take white-collar jobs. What both will happen, um, AI will be, at the same time, a replacement for blue-collar, white-collar jobs, and be a great symbiotic tool for doctors, lawyers, and you, for example. But uh, the white-collar jobs are easier to take because they're a pure quantitative analytical process. Uh, Let's say... Uh, reporters, traders, um, uh, telemarketing, telesales, uh, customer service. Analysts. Uh, analysts, yes. These can all be replaced just by a software. Um, to do blue collar, some of the work requires, you know, hand-eye coordination, things that machines are not yet good enough to do. Robot, recently unveiled by Amazon. It is a robot capable of handling individual items. It is apparently the first robot Amazon has had that can do that, that can um, potentially replace what is work done by regular humans to be able to identify uh, individual items based on things like the shape, the size, and the texture, and then use its integrated suction cups to pick them up, sort them, and move them. It's obviously just been rolled out, but they say that it can already identify 65% of Amazon's inventory. Meet Ella, Singapore's first fully autonomous robot barista. You're on your way to work, and you want a coffee. Get onto our app, order, customize, pay, and Ella will produce All right, let's take a look. Ella can whip up a fresh cup of joe at four times the rate of her human counterparts. Brian, we're nearing a day when a robot is going to do more and more of that portion of, of making a burrito. The 
Yo, I'm in uh, Phoenix. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'll ca I called an Uber, but there's no, uh, it's not an Uber, I guess, it's a whatever the car service. I don't know the best way to describe this. I guess the future is upon us today because this one does not have a driver. Wait. Good morning, John. Trader Doe's start ride. Oh, my, dude. I'm just going to. All right, start riding. Nah, dog. Uh-uh. <laughs> we think that automated technology is one of the ways we can solve this problem by making the trucking industry a lot more efficient. Right now, drivers have breaks. They need to eat. They need to go to the bathroom. They need to sleep. An autonomous system will be able to keep going indefinitely. What can mount a curb has six wheels and is bringing a fresh burrito to your door? A food delivery robot, of course. In a June survey by job search site monster.com, 95% of workers consider changing jobs. The most common factor, burnout, followed by a lack of job growth. Tonight, skyrocketing rents, forcing a growing number of Americans to think twice about where home is. U.S. Census estimates show that during the pandemic, Americans moved out of more populous areas like New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C., and moved into smaller cities. In fact, according to the census, between the spring of 2020 and summer of 2021... So... Before this transitions, this does, like I said, this, this movie isn't made for, to be heard. I mean, I could have narrated all this stuff and then I could have essentially just played you the narration, the, 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 the file as a podcast if I narrated it, but I didn't. I just showed you what was happening and then letting you make up your own mind, but it's going to transition over to real ID. Um, and it's not a very clean transition if you listen to it but if you understand what you're looking at on the on the movie 2030 vision which the link i will have in the podcast description um you're looking at flights of people um, moving all around the country because cost of living is going up and people are now having to rethink where they live and then i wanted to expand on if you are going to be flying something that's coming that means you wouldn't be able to get through security at the airport. Federal authorities were going to start enforcing the new standards on May 3rd of next year. Pushing the deadline back two years gives states more time to ensure that driver's licenses meet all requirements. The Department of Homeland Security announced its Real ID program for air travelers will begin in May of 2025. The new mandate will require any flyer over 18 to provide a real ID in order to travel domestically. Your papers, please. Your documents. Awesome. Can we all agree that there's nothing more Nazi than saying, show me your papers? <laughs> there's never been a World War II movie that didn't include the line, show me your papers. It's their catchphrase. We're developing through technology, an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. So that's the end of that act. But, you know, I just wanted to go about and show, and I use that, you know what I'm saying, because those are all things you needed to know, but at the same time, it was a great transition into the third topic I wanted to talk to, you, like talk about. Like I said, it, like 
it was crazy when I was researching these different things and I realized all these stories overlap on each other. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's crazy how one thing influences another thing. You don't even think, you think it's a different topic. You put these things in these little separate boxes, but you understand, like, externalities are so very important to understand because it allows you to understand that there's something out else that's affecting the growth or progress, etc., of something you see as a separate topic. And it could be a totally other genre of topics, but in reality, uh, it's going to merge and overlap. But, um, yeah, I showed in that montage, you know, how Google DeepMind is, uh, their Google has an AI that can program just as good as its programmers can. As, as, as its intermediary programmers can, has an AI that can do it. Um, I'm showing, you know, I show how, like, food workers are going to be uh, replaced. I show the MISO robotic system that's, gonna, that's going full force. I show the automated coffee baristas that are, that are happening. Like, you think all these, you think Starbucks isn't going to fucking do that shit now that all these uh, locations are starting to... What do you call it? Um, unionize? Absolutely, they are. Like the more we unionize, etc. And I, I use that as an example, and I show that when you hear that computer music, there's a montage I made to show that as Amazon workers are trying to unionize, like their their warehouse pickers, now they're debuting. Oh, check out what we got. We got this robot arm that can do their job at 60% efficiency so far. By by you know what I'm saying by the year 2030 you have no clue what's going to happen, man. Like all this, you know what I'm saying, fucking Starbucks baristas, you know how they it's a big deal that they unionize and everything. They're just going to replace them with an automated uh with an automated look uh, with an uh, with a robot that can do that. I mean, there's a kiosk that does the jobs and they and they can make like so many hundreds of drinks per hour. How many drink how many how many drinks can a barista make per hour? And the robot never meant has to take a break. You know what I'm saying? Like, these people are trying to unionize, etc. But there's going to be a replacement for them. And they're perfecting the systems now. Um, white-collar jobs are being taken away. Like that one uh, guy you hear talking. He was on MSNBC. Uh, that, that, um, that Chinese guy. And you may recognize his voice if you know what I'm saying, or recognize his face from earlier in the movie. He's basically a Chinese AI um, billionaire, and he's developing all these systems for China and the Chinese government, etc. And he's an expert on this because China is at least 10 years ahead of us in this automated services, automated systems kind of thing. And uh, yeah, the more we unionize, the more we don't let them make our our, our work cheap, the more we're going to rely on... Um, trying to, you know, fight for 15 and all those other things, like, they're just going to replace us. Do you understand? And what's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? What's going to happen? Universal basic income is what's going to happen. And now think about all these things. Universal basic income, uh, central bank digital currencies, etc. So don't, you don't have to work, but we give you money. Don't worry, you won't have to work. Central bank, digital currencies, etc. They're already doing pilot programs all over the country. They're 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 fleshing it out. There's gonna be so many people without jobs 
and jobs that will pay people a living wage, that they're just going to have to supplement that. It, there's just, I don't see any other way out of this. And as this moves forward, and here's the thing is they were joking in like, I remember in like 2012, 2013, they were joking, oh, the robots are going to take our jobs right away. In fact, what's going to happen is everyone's going to learn how to repair the robots and that's how everyone's going to have a job. Just like how everyone thought that the service industry was going to absorb all the blue collar jobs. Well, I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't know about you, but I know zero people who are a robot repairman right now. And these motherfuckers and these systems are on the, are on the cusp of replacing a lot of people. And and now that we are, you know what I'm saying? And now that we are, as a country, we're fucking broke after COVID. And a lot of these people who have these walk on entry level jobs, they want to get paid more. There's nothing wrong with that. A living wage, nothing be wrong with that being respected. But the more that we're pushing these people to accelerate these services. And here's the thing is robots don't take breaks. I have that in there. I have that in the movie where um, HP computers is invested in this startup that has a whole, it's a whole self-driving semi-truck company. And they, they just have contracts with food companies, whatever, and they just use their autonomous drones to drive food across the country. And they're already working the kinks. I mean, I remember back in the day, a truck driving job was like, a, you would make $250,000 a year. You make $150,000 a year being a truck driver. Now you're making like 50, 60 grand a year. And that ain't shit because the expenses that, I mean, at, well, after the expenses and after, you know, financing a truck and oil changes and tires and everything else, like these guys are making 50 grand after all that. All this is disappearing. All this is disappearing. And it's, they're getting all these things in place, central bank digital currencies, um, replacing our jobs or eventually they got us kind of, um, accustomed to the whole stimmy check, et cetera. That's kind of, kind of be the, the, the lay of the land, but it's going to get to the point where, you know what I'm saying? Bad times, man. Fucking bad times are coming. And I don't see any, I don't, I don't really see any way out of it. I know that people are going to fucking riot, but if they turn off your money, you can't go anywhere. Anyways, um, you know, I just make these movies. I don't make any money off these movies. I don't make any money off of the morning news that I put together for people. And, um, I'm just asking you, if you're listening to this podcast to please, please, please retweet this movie. So other people can see this and wake up. Our whole slogan of the Mesh News Project is we're awake, not woke. And we just want to wake people up to the shit they need to be paying attention to. Because we're all in this daze and we care about stupid shit and social media and flexing on people. And we have no idea that there is a war on uh, on the working class, on the middle class, and we are losing that war. Anyways, I hope this message finds you as I broadcast from San Diego, from deep inside the filter bubble. Check the description for the movie, for the link to the movie, and um, I'll see you on the next 
episode where we talk about Act 5 on how, um, uh, which is going to be about the environment. Thanks. We have had an update to how we are hosting this movie. Um, I was already getting a report from lots of people saying we can't see the movie. It says this movie's not available in our area. Some people say this movie has been removed. Thanks for bringing that to my attention because I was just sitting there just like, man, there's so many of you guys, you know, who tune into the podcast. And, um, you know what I'm saying? I got some high numbers for these, uh, for these director commentary episodes. And, um, it, now this totally makes sense because now YouTube has sent me a copy strike notice on our backup channel and our, um, native channel for the mesh news project where we're hosting the film um it says that it is full it says that it's full of misinformation from covid even though i literally took all all the material from this movie is made from clips i procured off youtube so how is this information illegal do you understand like how is this information illegal if i downloaded it all from their platform i guess they just don't like the order of how i put things isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So it's not illegal content if it's not put in larger context for a giant grift. Do you understand? Like how crazy is that? But yeah, all the stuff, all the stuff that's on my, on this movie is all pulled from YouTube, all YouTube clips. So how is it something that is? Well, well, I'll tell you. First, it was telling me that I had copyright notice, right? And then I, then I kept getting reports that then I then that this content was, um not suited for minors. And then I got a takedown notice. And in that order, but I, you know what I'm saying, I just went back and started checking some of the uh of the podcast platforms and people reporting broken link. They said this movie's not available in my area, etc. So, yeah, I'm sorry. So we've had to move the movie to Odyssey, which sucks because it really, you know what I'm saying, it really hurt the debut of this film. Obviously, that was most likely on purpose. But so we've had to switch to Odyssey. You don't need an app to use Odyssey. Odyssey is a video sharing platform, but they don't have regulations on what you can post, etc. It's kind of like how Elon has made Twitter. He just free speech. You know what I'm saying? People can say what they want, and then you make sense of the information that you know what I'm saying you take in. So we're on Odyssey. I've updated all the links and all the podcast descriptions. So please refer to that Odyssey link because. Um, for some reason, this information is illegal in YouTube's eyes, even though I pulled it all off of YouTube. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, I appreciate all the support. I love all the comments. Um, I'm sorry I'm taking a while to get back on feedback. I'm still uh, recovering from COVID. But um, yeah, thanks for giving me that update. And now I'm really understanding what's going on, especially now I see these comments of people saying they said it's not available in my area. I live in the United States. Like, that's, I can't believe that. So, yeah, we're on Odyssey now. So, go ahead and check out the film on Odyssey. Thanks, you guys. Go ahead and refer to that link in the description. It's in between the two finger pointing arrow hands. Thanks. <laughs>